Praise Sunday, man. We're super excited. Yes, it is Sunday. Normally we record on Saturdays, but you know, you know, we got to get that extra day of rest. Yes, I, I totally needed it. Yeah, I mean, I I mean totally this guy sleeps like three hours a day. So, I mean, every <laughs> once in a while his body just crashes. So That's right. He just needs it. He That's just right. needs it. And but yesterday was a crash day. It's fine. Exactly, it's fine. exactly. But it's a great Sunday because, yes, it's a lazy Sunday, but you can listen to the podcast while watching your local football team. Yeah. So, I mean, be sure to watch the Cowboys game and or Colts game. Um, <laughs> all those other teams we don't care about. Send the hate mail. That's Send right. the hate mail. That's right. But, man, oh, man, it's going to be a fun one today. It is going to be a fun one. Uh, if you're a fan of all the geek shows, right, all the geek movies, you're going to love it because this week was full of trailers for all kinds of shit. We Boba Fett and and Stranger Things and, and Morbius and just like so many like action-packed trailers to give us sneak peeks at everything that's coming and I was Jones and I loved every minute of yeah, it. Yeah, it was epic, man. It was epic. This past couple of weeks have been so amazing with all the upcoming trailers. It's been oh, yeah. freaking badass and don't fret, guys. Don't fret. We have more guests coming back on next week. We're going to start next week with more guests. So yes. stay tuned for that. But now let's get a little crazy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, it is episode 180 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We're like this close away from hitting that big 200. Yeah, we will literally be dropping, if, if everything stays on schedule, everything goes away, we will literally be dropping our 200th episode in April. Wow. That is going to be insane. Yeah. Uh, could it fall on my birthday? Maybe. We don't know. We don't, maybe, or at least my birthday week. That would be epic. It would be. Because I'm 200. Right, no. exactly. Exactly. At least I, was, he knows I just wanted it. to throw it out there because you were coming with it. I know. It's At fine. least he can admit it. Oh, man. But you guys know your host with the most. Myself, JLo, fantastic. And the one and only Mouse. What's up? Guys, man, it's a loaded industry news segment. Oh, like yeah. we teased, we got a whole bunch of trailers to talk about, a whole bunch of business stuff to talk about. And I mean, it's just exciting. It's very freaking exciting. But before we get all that started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts. We got hats soon enough guys we'll have christmas merch yes. rocking it a little bit today for are watching you the youtube playing video. your music already you know you are we are we are <laughs> we're we're those people it's fine it's fine it's the greatest time of the year it man. is it really freaking is but the last couple weeks have been crazy in the entertainment industry so we wanted to start out with one of the biggest things that's going on right now, and that is the Astro World Festival. Uh, second day got canceled, so that's not going to happen. But it's all over the news, so I'm sure you have heard about it all over social media. Tragedy struck Travis Scott's Astro World Festival as crowd surges uh, during his Friday night headlighting set that left eight dead and over 300 injured. And get this, guys: the ages range from 14 to 27. Now, according to Houston officials, uh, 50,000 fans were attending that show, which led to a surge during Scott's performance at the festival during uh, or outside of NRG Park. Mm. At a press conference following the concert, Houston Fire Chief Samuel Pina uh, clarified the timeline. He said that at 9 p.m., the crowd began surging forward during 
Scott's performance, uh, and there was a panic, and that was running up for our panic, and people were running up to the stage for safety. And at that point, Scott paused the show several times to ask security to help out fans. I remember watching a video, and he saw a dude passed out in the crowd, and people were just kind of like walking over him. He literally stopped everything. Guys, this guy is literally laid on the ground right in front of you. Why are you not stopping? Um, and he asked security to help out the fans during all these incidences. And members of the fire department were sent out to dense uh, the crowd into the dense crowd to rescue the injured. A source close to the festival can uh, confirm that police are looking into a drug spiking incident in a targeted area of the festival, which could account for the eleven cardiac arrest incidents that uh, Pina, the fire chief confirmed during a press conference and i saw today from another news outlet that the drug spiking incident was caused by a needle so someone was literally going around and stabbing people with drugs yeah and that's terrifying it i mean as, as somebody who attends music festivals pretty regularly uh you know me and little cam emily there, my daughter jazz fest we're always in the front row we always make sure to get very front row and i can i can tell you for a fact that when the main performer comes on when the headliner comes on that surge you get shoved into that fucking first row yeah. barrier right and it's scary to think that that it got so bad that the barriers were coming down and that people were getting trampled and even more terrifying because you can't move when that happens no. that somebody could be sticking people with fucking drugs that's crazy yeah. man um i did hear that travis scott's next appearance is likely in jeopardy uh at coachella uh, in fear of something like similar happening. So we'll keep you updated on that as well. But yeah, this is a terrifying situation, man. It is. And I see on Twitter uh, trending cancel Travis Scott when he wasn't even involved. It was just at his show. Yeah. I mean, you're not saying cancel uh, Jason Aldean after the Las Vegas shooting. So, I mean, that just doesn't make sense to me. So all the attention should be taken off of him and onto the actual situation. Well, yeah, and look, guys, for anybody who's not familiar, and this is nothing, please don't send the hate mail Texas or Houston or whatever. But if you guys aren't familiar, Houston is not a good area. It's not. Houston has been a bad area for quite a while, and Astroworld in general is always having problems. Illegal aliens jumping the fences and selling drugs and gang problems, and it's a bad area. So this was bound to happen. It has nothing to do with, with Travis Scott. It's just a bad area in a bad place with bad people, and this shit happens. So, yeah, the cancel culture, this immediate bullshit, just like, what the fuck, guys? Exactly. He was asking for help. He wasn't encouraging the fucking crowd. He was asking for help. So just get over that shit, It's terrifying, man. man. It's terrifying. But let's go to some exciting news. Yes, Disney. We're going to jump to the mouse house. And, of course, the biggest news, obviously, is Marvel Studios Eternals, right? How did it do? How did it not? do well marvel's eternals is easily topping the domestic box office this weekend on its way to a projected three-day haul of 69.5 million dollars now that will continue marvel studios streak of every one of its films opening at number one that's right since 2008 with robert downey jr's first iron man all the way through to the eternals Every single MCU film has opened at number one at the box office. That's an impressive streak, guys. You got you can't deny it. That's fucking awesome. Um, but 
It's not all good news, though. Eternals is apparently coming in under earlier industry projections, which had the MCU's latest peg to open at closer to $75 million. So it's going to miss that by about $5 million, unless the adjusted numbers show it. And we'll have the numbers, you know, we'll post during the week. Um... The film remains the only Marvel movie also to draw a rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's currently sitting at 49%. Mm. Mm. Damn. And audiences are following that with only a slightly warmer response, giving the film a B on CinemaScore, which almost never happens with Marvel movies. Right? They're almost always A's. So, um, guys, I, I just, I don't know. I, we saw it. And my opinion on this is, do I get that it's different in tone? It's not like, you know, your stereotypical Marvel movie, if you will. I get that. I agree with that. For me, I thought it was a drama. For me, I thought this film was beautifully done. It's about, it's a love story. It's about redemption. It's about betrayal. There's so many different things happening there. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm like... What's wrong with that? How often have we heard over the last year from filmmakers, from fans, from everybody, all the haters out there, that MCU movies are formulaic, right? right? So now they break the formula, they do something (laughs) different, and everybody fucking comes at it with hate? That doesn't make any sense. Of course. And I'm like, and we were talking about this earlier, and Logan's going to give his opinion on it, but like, why is it not okay to have a drama in the MCU, but it's fine for a comedy? Ant-Man was not your stereotypical formulaic MCU movie. It was a straight-up comedy with some action and adventure in it, right? So why can't we have that? I think a lot of it is just coming purely from the hate that was built up about the first uh, gay character and same-sex characters in the movie, the first sex scene in a Marvel movie. I think all that hate just built up, and now they're just leaking over into everything else. I completely agree. And, I mean, it is a good movie. Yes, it's different from the formulaic uh, movies that have come before in the other MCU films. But, I mean, let's be honest about it. Those films are mostly action, but with drizzled with comedy. So, I mean, I feel like that's why Ant-Man had a little bit like better um, reaction than everyone else. But when this one is basically a romantic drama, I mean, let's be honest about it. Is. It is, yeah. Um, I'm just, I mean, it's really good. If you guys go and watch it, people are saying the storyline is too dense and it's too hard to keep up with when they're explaining things because the Eternals have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, It's really not. If you've watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and uh, Ego's his name, right? Mm -hmm. Kurt Russell's character when he's basically a planet, when he's explaining his backstory and his storyline, it's around like the same type of keeping up with the story it's like a little bit of bob and weave but it's not hard it's not difficult just fucking pay attention don't look at your phone in the theater like what the fuck it's really good though and i'm i'm more excited about what they're setting up rather than the actual movie but the actual movie was good yeah and and i'm glad you brought up guardians because that's my one critique of the movie why i didn't give it five out of five stars my one critique is is that I, I don't think it was necessary for all of the explanation of these characters throughout the movie. It even starts with a scroll. Um, and you brought up Guardians, which I think did a brilliant job of not doing that. James Gunn's like, okay, nobody knows who these characters are. We've got a tree and a talking raccoon, and I don't give a shit. I'm not telling you who they are. I'm just going to make this movie, and you guys figure it out. And if you love it, you love it. You hate it, you hate it. I do think that's what they should have done with Eternals. It's not necessary. 
if you're not a comic book geek and you don't know who they are, then just go into it, learn who the characters are, and make your opinion of them. I, I just thought it was overstuffed with explanation of who these people are that wasn't necessary. And my other thing, to your point about what it's setting up, Guys, you've been clamoring forever for the MCU, for Feige and the gang to bring us the Fantastic Four properly, to do it the right way, the way it should be done. Well, you can't introduce, you know, the, the Marvel's famous family, first family, the cosmic rays, which bombarded them with their power, without the cosmic universe. And that's what they're doing. They're setting up the cosmic universe to make sense for the Fantastic Four, which we all know is coming. So sit back, enjoy, and just let it roll, man. Just like, why all the hate, man? Exactly. It's absolutely ridiculous. But I think this is a great film to add into the MCU. Oh, yeah. I mean, just saying. Just saying, man. Uh, heading over to the next MCU story, Black Panther Wakanda Forever will temporarily be shut down while the leading actress, Miss Wright there, recovers from an onset injury she suffered back in August. Production pause will be starting the week of Thanksgiving and start back up in early 2022. So, I mean, they're making that production pause, like, during the holiday season. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of not that big of a deal. Um, Wright's injury occurred more than two months ago in late August. Remember, we got, we told you about it. While shooting a sequence involving a stunt rig and location in Boston. At the time, her injury uh, was not expected to impact the film's shooting schedule. Director Ryan Coogler and the rest of the production has been filming mostly in Atlanta since Wright's injury. She stayed in London while the shoot continued without her. Black, Con Black Panther Wakanda Forever is set to release November 11, 2022, still on schedule, after being delayed from the initial July 8th of 2022. But you guys know we talked about that too. Once one Marvel movie is delayed, they're all delayed. Right. Uh, the new release is expected to remain despite their temporary shutdown. So that is very exciting. And I'm excited for that film because just to explain – everything with the uh, Chadwick Boseman and Black, pa Black Panther and T'Challa. And I think it's going to be very interesting and very heartwarming. I think so too. And it makes sense to have to shut down. They can only film so much without Letitia because guys, as yeah. you guys know, if you're not a comic book geek, but if even if you're not a comic book geek, you could probably figure this out Letitia is going to take on the mantle of Black Panther yeah. and so you can't film Black Panther without Black Panther so makes sense that they're shutting it down Come on and now. I'm super excited because Riri is going to be introduced Ironheart who's yeah. going to be the new Iron Man moving forward well Ironheart but she's taking over Iron Man's role in the MCU and that's that Boston scene that's why that's why she's in Boston yeah. is to recruit Riri so I'm super excited about everything that's going on with this film for um, sure and you know speedy recovery we hope she gets – everything's fine and everything's going. Mm. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Gail Gadot. Mm. In my opinion, I'm just saying, that woman is freaking beautiful. They're, like when she was announced as Wonder Woman, I'm thinking, yeah. Perfect. Because she's like drop-dead freaking gorgeous, maybe the most gorgeous person on the face of the planet. I don't know. But – this is why this story is interesting. Apparently, Gal Gadot is in final negotiations to portray the evil queen in mm. Disney's uh, upcoming live adaptation of Snow White. Now, 
Godot will star opposite West Side Stories breakout star Rachel Ziegler. And nothing against Rachel Ziegler. She is a beautiful girl. She is like just charming and lovely and very pretty, right? Uh, she was cast as the classic princess back in June. Now, since Godot is primarily known for heroic work in DC's Wonder Woman franchise, her turn as the evil queen will give the actor a chance to show her more wicked side to her over. That's her work of art, for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark Webb, who's best known for helming the Amazing Spider-Man films with Andrew Garfield, is set to direct the untitled uh, adaptation of the film. So that's all exciting, but my question is, is why would you cast Gail Godot? Like, the whole premise of Snow White is this evil queen is jealous because Snow White is more beautiful, more fair, the fairest of them all. And in just my opinion, Gail Gadot is that person, so she shouldn't be jealous. She should be like, no, I'm still good. I don't have to kill this girl. I'm still good. <laughs> just I, my opinion. I think it's just Disney trying to rope in one of the DC <laughs> epic characters. So, I mean, I'm very excited about it, though. I think it's going to be good. Oh, and I, I can't wait to see her play evil. And she seems pretty excited about playing evil. Exactly. So I think it's going to be good. Exactly. Well, Lin Chin is the latest Grey's Anatomy guest actor to be bumped up to a recurring status uh, for the role of Dr. Michelle Lin. Viewers of the ABC medical drama have already been introduced to her this season. As the expecting new head of plastic surgery at Grace Alone Memorial Hospital. Remember, mm. she's the one who is acting like she was a little too uppity to come into this role because the residents weren't up to date. She felt like weren't up to status, up to par, I should say, to where she expected them to be. Well, because of fucking COVID. Uh, but it's a great, it's a great character. I think she's going to become more likable as the series progress series progresses. So I'm excited about it. So with all these introductions of these new recurring characters, right? Do you think they really are planning on moving forward without? you know without meredith like, it's a great question man it be, really is because why introduce all these new characters and setting them up in key positions within the hospital if you're not definitely trying to set up the move forward without meredith well it just worries me because i don't know if they will ever go forward without meredith but it worries me that this isn't the last season that there's going to be another one after this yeah. so it's just like damn it guys but i mean you know the season so far has not been bad at all so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Jump to the next one. Justin Hartley. You know him. You love him. Whether you were a fan of him as Arrow in the in Smallville or whether you love him on This Is Us. Please give the guy get Emmy, by the way. Just putting that out there. Yes. He's not just getting it done in front of the camera, guys. Apparently, he's making the jump behind the camera as well. ABC has put the drama No Good Deed into development. The project's received a script commitment with a penalty attached. And you know what that means. If they don't make it, you got to pay. Exactly. Uh, Jeannie Renshaw will write and produce and executive produce. Uh, Zynga Stewart will direct and executive produce also. And Justin Hartley uh, will also executive produce under his uh, role because he has an overall deal with 20th Television, uh, which is kind of cool, and his change-up productions. Now, No no Good Deed follows warm-hearted botany professor, oh, mm. botany professor with a dark <laughs> secret who welcomes a troubled student into her home. But then the seeming victim turns out to be a deadly parasite who uses her vials and charms on vulnerable friends and family, unearthing secrets in the small mountain town and destroying lives in order to cement her own twisted bond 
with the professor. Mm. That sounds creepy as fuck. It really does. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Like, you know, you, you can't trust those botany professors or, or the people they bring in. Just saying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm excited to see Justin Hartley in more roles because with me, you know, being the younger guy, I've never really seen him in anything before This Is Us. So to see him and me paying you more attention. You should so. go back. And this is nothing against Momoa because obviously DCEU and Momoa kicking ass and everything. But at one point, there was going to be an Aquaman series that followed a young Aquaman, much like Smallville, right? And it was going to be Justin Hartley. And Justin Hartley shot a pilot for it, and Lou Diamond Phillips stars in it with him and everything. Go back and find the pilot. It's on Apple. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's a great pilot, and I can't believe CW didn't pick up on it, which is why they probably gave him Arrow, you know, Green Arrow in, in Smallville. But it was really good. If, you, if you're if you a fan of him, and you check it out. It's really good. Definitely, definitely. Well, this next one everybody's been talking about for like the past week, basically. Disney Plus dropped the first trailer of The Book of Boba Fett. Yes. And in the trailer, Boba Fett and uh, Phineas Sean, who's played by Ming-Na Wen, uh, is set to about to establish themselves as major players amongst the gangsters of the Star Wars universe, uh, using the palace of Fett's former employer, Jabba the Hutt, as their base of operations. One of the scenes teases Fett and Sean... Uh, being hired for a job by a mysterious Altorian, uh, while another shows them trying to rally Jabba's former captains to now swear their allegiance to Fett. When one of them asks why should they just not kill Fett instead, Sean remains uh, them that they should just talk. Our talk would have led Jabba to feeding them to one of his many pets. Fett says that Jabba ruled with fear, and I intend to rule with respect. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that line right there, man. Uh, the Book of Boba Fett will debut on Disney Plus on December 29th, so that is not far away at no, all. No, I am so – all the stuff that's coming out in November and December on Disney Plus just has me freaking pumped like crazy, y'all. And that trailer, that line delivered mm-hmm. in the trailer is epic. If you haven't seen the trailer, what the fuck? Yeah. Go watch They're it. They're definitely man. setting him up as like an anti-hero, so I'm oh, really yeah. excited. Excited. See if he'll pop back up in Mandalorian as well. So. With his badass bodyguard. Yeah. I mean, she. I love Ming-Na. She's yeah, so she's badass. badass. Now, here's some disappointing news, and I'm not happy about this at all because I don't think the show will survive past the upcoming second season if this indeed happens. Sadly. Emilio Estevez apparently is not returning. That's right. Not returning for season two of the Disney Plus's Mighty Ducks Game Changers. According to a source close to the production... Estevez's departure is due to a disagreement over ABC Signature's COVID-19 vaccination requirement as he would not confirm that he would comply with the policy. Therefore, the studio decided not to renew his contract for season two. Now, apparently, under the recent return-to-work agreement between the studios and unions, production for the Mighty Ducks Game Changers requires vaccination against COVID-19 for anyone in Zone A, which includes all actors and crew members who come into contact with them. It is unclear exactly how Estevez's character will be written out of the show, but apparently from what I've seen, the writers are already busy writing him out. Now, the whole first season... was about getting Bombay back. Yeah. Getting him back into coaching from his exile and dragging him out from under the rock of hiding and everything. Without him, I just... I'm sorry, I know there's rumors, I know we saw some past ducks show up in last season and everything, but in my opinion, if you can't get Charlie, if you can't get Joshua Jackson onto that show somehow, some way, to replace Gordon Bombay, you know, to replace Estevez, 
I don't see the show. Unfortunately for Lauren Graham, I just don't see the show going past. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, plus she doesn't have anything to fall back on now because Zoe's. But I mean, just give her freaking more time on her that Amazon show, Miss Maisel. Just yeah, give her more time yeah. on that one. I just, I, I hope they work this out. I hope that they. Uh, apparently, Estevez came back in response and said it had nothing to do with that. That it was creative differences yeah. between him and the and the producers. So, um. I don't know. We'll keep an eye on this. Maybe they can work it out. Maybe he can come back. Maybe even if it's just for a couple episodes or cameos or something. I mean, I don't know, but it's not good news. It's really not. It's really not. Now, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, uh, who is most recently seen in M. Night Shyamalan's film Old, is set to star in Marvel Studios' Halloween special currently in the works at Disney+. Plus. Plot details uh, for the untitled special are being kept under burrito wraps, uh, but sources say that Bernal uh, could be playing a character based on the Marvel character Werewolf by Night. Um, two different characters have shared the moniker, uh, specifically Jack Russell and Jake Gomez. Both were capable of transforming into a werewolf at will while retaining their human intellects. Uh, the special would begin production in early 2022. Again, I love how Marvel and Star Wars are utilizing freaking Disney Plus for all these different types of shows and specials. It's yeah. very smart. <laughs> Agreed. And if I was a betting man, I would say the version they're going with is Jake Gomez, considering <laughs> Mr. Bernal is of, um, you know, Mexican descent. Like, yeah. I would I would assume. Uh, or Hispanic. I'm not sure if he's Mexican, but Hispanic for sure. So I would assume Jake Gomez is going to be the version they go with. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Kim Cattrall has been cast. This is exciting. In the comedy series How I Met Your Father at Hulu, Cattrall will recur as the future version of Hilary Duff's Sophie. So that's like, she's like the Bob Saget. Yeah. Right? So that's really cool. Uh, Cattrall, of course, obviously is best known for her starring role in the hit HBO series Sex in the City, with her role of Samantha earning her five Emmy Award nominations. This is good news to hear that she's going to be on that show because, as we all know, she's not on <laughs> Sex in the City. Uh, yeah, follow-up. exactly. So, what was she going to do? Where's Samantha? Well, Samantha is going to be Sophie on <laughs> How I Met Your Father. Exactly. I like this. That's good casting, and I kind of see Kim Cattrall as an older Hillary Duff. I see it. It makes too. sense. I think it's going to be good. Uh, Wu Tang, an American saga on Hulu, has been renewed for season three. Yes. Uh, which will also be the show's last. Damn it. But that makes sense. Uh, the news comes just over one week of the finale of season two of the show, which is based on the true story of the pioneering rap group. And if you guys have not started watching the show yet, please do yourself a favor and do so. Because the second season is just, especially if you love the filmmaking aspect of things, the second season is so beautifully shot. Each episode is kind of like its own individual 45 minute to an hour film. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they do it in such a different uh, filmmaking styles, uh, camera techniques, it's so badass to watch. So be sure to check it out. It's an intense drama too, y'all. It's like the story of Wu-Tang and how they came up is just incredible. And like, yeah, you should definitely be watching it. Yes. Uh, I am super pumped about this one because it's been a long time. It's been a while since we've seen these guys. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia will debut its record-breaking 15th season in December. The comedy series returns on December 1st on FXX with new episodes then available to stream the following day on FX on Hulu. Now, the premiere will include the first two episodes with the debut It's Always Sunny will now be the longest-running live-action comedy series in TV history, surpassing the previous record holder The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. Now, as we told you on prior shows, 
It's Always Sunny was renewed for four more seasons back in December of last year, meaning the show will run at least through season 18. So 15 season breaks a record, and then it's got three more to extend that record after that. And it's been a while. We haven't seen them in, in, in quite a while since, what, like 2019, I Yeah, think. it seems like it. I think they were part of the... Uh old pre-COVID yeah. not going back into production things, Yeah, so. so I'm super pumped, though. This show is so fucking good. Yeah, I know, right? I'm excited. And something else that I'm really excited about is Donald Glover. He finally shared this first teaser trailer of the third and latest season of FX's Atlanta, yes. the cult comedy series he launched back in 2016. And another one that's been missing for a while. Literally. Uh, it's been off the air since May of 2018 <laughs> uh, with shooting season three delayed due to the pandemic. The show's trailer shows various deserted locations but concludes with a close-up of Paperboy who's played by Brian Trey Henry a production of season three has already been greenlit season four commenced in April of this year and I mean Brian Trey Henry is so freaking underrated because he is a badass gangster rapper in this show but also plays a gay superhero in the Eternals. So, I mean, just show the diversity there, man. He is so underrated and I'm so excited for his future. Oh, me too, man. And uh, I mean, I'm excited to just see Atlanta come back. Right. I mean, they've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and now, you know, Donald's finally said, okay, yes, it's true. We're yes. coming back and here it is. Oh, uh, man, really fucking an awesome trailer too if you guys haven't seen it it's yeah. badass and now jumping to fox in a story that i don't understand why but here it is anyway <laughs> fantasy island apparently has been renewed for season two at fox the first season aired as you guys know from august to september and here's what's even more i don't understand why to the story apparently on december 21st a two-hour holiday special will air interesting fantasy island a holiday special. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? I sh- I'm shocked that this got picked up for a second season. Right. I'm just going to say it. But okay, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hopping uh, over to the Bunny Warner Media. Oscar winner and American Idol alum Jennifer Hudson is adding something else completely different to her resume. And that is a talk show. Oh. Hudson is most recently seen in a big screen playing Aretha Franklin in Respect uh, is pitching a new daytime drama to be produced by the team from the Ellen DeGeneres show. Mm. Although not technically an Ellen replacement, her show would be positioned at Warner Brothers TV, uh, and it would be the new flagship daytime TV show that's not Ellen, or now that Ellen is ending its run. Those meetings are taking place this week and appear to be going well so far. Uh, the show has been in developed for its first-run syndicate broadcast TV daily strip, and there are currently no plans to pitch other platforms, including streamers. So, oh, so I mean, it's, it's Warner Brothers or, or none, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. it seems to be going pretty well, and I think this is good, though, because, I mean, for the past 20 years, we've seen... Even though she's gay, it's a white woman portraying or interviewing all these different people. I think we need some color. I think we need some diversity that's, you know. Well, and and I think Jennifer Hudson will capitalize on a lot of the same uh, audience and success that we've seen Kelly Clarkson do. I agree. Much similar in nature from singing and the attitude and the approach, and I think she's going to be really good for that. I'm hoping it all works out and that we see that soon. Agreed. Hey, what's going to happen to the Levy boys now that Shit's Creek's done? Right. Don't worry. They're both got other jobs. We'll tell you about that. 
daddy in a little bit. But right now, Dan Levy's cooking competition series, The Big Brunch, has apparently been ordered at HBO Max with a 2022 targeted premiere. Levy created and will host the series that centers around celebrating, inspiring, but still undiscovered culinary voices from all across the U.S., but also brunch. Also brunch. <laughs> also brunch. As the title promises, uh, the competing chefs will have to find innovative and personal ways to redefine what it means to dine between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. The series will spotlight the chefs' stories and business dreams while also giving them a chance to compete for a life-altering prize. Now, HBO hasn't revealed what that life-altering prize is. Is it money? Is it a restaurant? Right. <laughs> is it, we don't know. That hasn't been released yet, but I guess we'll find out. But Levy cooking brunch with these people, just, that sounds entertaining. I yeah. mean, so. Just saying, man. He could be like a reality show star. <laughs> I mean, both of them are fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. um, this next one, Perry Mason Season 2 yes. at HBO, is uh, building its cast at... And first one is Catherine Waterston is joining the season two as a season or a series regular, uh, while season one star Deira uh, Calpert, Calpert, Kilpatrick Kilpatrick uh, is being <laughs> up to a series regular, and Peter Mendoza and Hope Davis and John Chaffin and the Haves are Fabrizio Gudo. And Unahu Rodriguez and well done, well done. Uh, Ji Young Han will also all be joining the show in recurring roles. So I, for someone who doesn't know, give me a little rundown of what Perry Mason is. I have no <laughs> idea. Perry Mason is basically um, – it's not the version of TV that you think about where he's highly successful, you know, well-refined, you know, nice suits kind of guy. He's not there yet. This version of Perry Mason uh, is run down on his luck, always getting in trouble, kind of barely able to afford anything, um, and he's got a benefactor that kind of helps him out, gives him some money, gets him you know, to be able to do these cases and everything. Um, but yeah, it, it's about a down-and-out P.I. who okay. basically you know, uh, stumbles across these cases and kind of like, you know, inadvertently, while getting himself in a lot of trouble, always solves these cases. But it's brilliantly done. The acting's fantastic. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is behind it, if you guys mm. didn't know. Um, it's a brilliant show. I watched season one, and I loved every second of it, so I'm thrilled it's coming back for season two. Fantastic. And that sounds like it's going to be a good cast. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, let's jump to the eye. Viacom CBS. Did you see Paw Patrol the movie? I didn't. I, did I didn't. No, no. But <laughs> apparently a lot of people did because it's getting a sequel, apparently. Paramount Pictures will release the film in theaters on October 13th, 2023. Now, unlike the first movie, which debuted on Paramount Plus on the same day as it did in its theatrical release, the upcoming animated adventure will play exclusively in theaters. The Paw Patrol empire is growing not just in movie sequels, though. It's also going to be, apparently, uh, a preschool powerhouse franchise that w announced a new television spin-off series for one of the main pups in 2023 also. Okay, so not only is it getting a sequel, but it's getting a spin-off television series. I don't know which pup, because I don't know any of the pups, because right. I didn't see it. But apparently one of the pups is getting a TV show. Exactly, exactly. It's smart to target the younger audience. It's oh, very yes. smart. Uh, now this next one's very exciting, because this cast is being brought together in such a beautiful way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Matt Davis Damon are the latest to be announced to star in Christopher Nolan's upcoming World War II 
epic Oppenheimer, uh, a drama about the development of the atomic bomb. Yes. It is not clear yet, though, who Downey Jr. and Damon will be playing in the film, but Nolan is assembling a star-stubbed cast, like I just said. One of that includes Killian Murphy as Robert or J. Robert Oppenheimer, and Emily Blunt as his wife, Catherine Oppenheimer, is a physicist of who was a integral part to the Manhattan Project, who is known as the father of the atomic bomb though the exact plot details have been kept under wraps the story is expected to be dramatized the creation of the nuclear weapon i think this is going to be very freaking intense do you think that it will go up to the point of um dropping the bomb dropping the bomb i think so i think so and i think it's going to be controversial but i think it's going to be done in a nolan way and it's going to be epic uh boy he's he's liking those war movies wartime movies lately right uh, which is great. Hey, we might have an explanation as to why the delays for Wicked have been in place, right? Mm-hmm. We know John M. Chu joined on just recently as the director, so because the other director, but I think we might have a reason. They didn't have a cast. They didn't know who they were going to do. But apparently, John Chu does know who he wants, and it's been announced. Yes. Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo will portray Glinda and Elphelba, respectively, in Universal's big screen adaptation of the Tony-winning musical Wicked. John M. Chu has been attached to direct the project since February, and casting rumors for the film's two main roles have been swirling for months. The Wicked film adaptation, as we told you, has long been coming, and it was most recently stalled uh, by Stephen Daldry's departure as director last October due to scheduling conflicts. That's when they started looking. Chu came on in February, and I think Chu was like, okay, guys, we got to cast this fucking thing. And who better... I mean, oh my gosh, Ariana Grande as freaking Glinda the Good Witch. I'm thrilled. I think this is going to be huge. I think so too, man. I think so too. And something else that I think is going to be huge, especially for your world. The Law & Order revival and the NBC cast has announced that Jeffrey Donovan is going to take over uh, as the lead role. Uh, Details are underwrapped as to what nature of Donovan's character is going to be on the show. Other than the fact that he will be playing in NYPD Detective, no shit. Uh, It was announced in September that the hit uh, procedural would be returning to NBC for what will be its 21st season after the show originally ended back in 2010 after over 450 episodes. Exactly. Now, I am super pumped about this, not only because I'm a huge Law & Order fan, but I was a huge Burn Notice fan and Donovan coming from Burn Notice and just entering into the Law & Order world I could not be more happy. Yeah, I think it only makes sense. I think he's going to play like a badass detective. Oh, I think so too. I'm a huge fan of his work. And and will we see Bruce Campbell? Right? (laughs) Will Mm. we see it? Will Mm. we see it? (laughs) Anyway, uh, Peacock. Yeah, you know. That, that one. That one. Oh, uh, yeah. It released a trailer for season two of Saved by the Bell, which streams all 10 new episodes at once coming November 24th, so just in a couple of weeks. The new season centers around Southern California school spirit competition, with Mac determined to have Bayside High come out on top, while Daisy is determined not to get sidetracked by the Bayside nonsense. Mm. There are new love connections among the teenage characters, while the old relationship of Slater and Jesse also grow closer. The show will also, and this was nice, and I think this is a good way to do it, the show's also going to pay tribute to the late Dustin Diamond, who of course played Screech on all of the original uh, Saved by the Bell 
and spinoffs and movies that they had. He played Screech on all of them. Um, Mark Paul Gossler, Tiffany Thiessen, and Lark Voorhees, along with Elizabeth Berkley and uh, you know Mario Lopez, are going to come together and um, at at the max. And their characters are going to reminisce about Screech and the loss of Screech, and which I think is a really classy way to do it. Um, so I think know. so too. I think so too. I don't know what the ratings are, but even if the ratings were bad, I think NBC and the Peacock would be too prideful to cancel this one. Oh, I think so too. And I, I mean, it's beloved. I, you, you know, unlike the Punky Brewster thing or whatever, I do think there's a new audience out there for Saved by the Bell. And as long as you can keep the originals somehow involved i think it'll go yeah i think if you keep the originals i agree i agree uh heading over to sony and we're talking about the latest i mean if we're talking about sony we're basically talking about sony marvel characters yeah (laughs) Uh, they have released the second trailer for morpheus we're so super excited about it giving viewers a new look into jared leto's transformation as the vampire and anti-hero in the trailer uh morbius travels to a mysterious island to cure his uh disease only to go missing for two months and then return as with vampire powers Mm. there are also some connections to sony's fellow spider-man movies including a cameo from michael keaton who played the vulture in the spider-man homecoming and a venom name drop Uh, so i mean that's pretty funny and i think people are most excited about the michael keaton cameo oh yeah i think that's why they had him in both trailers and while watching the second trailer i was like there's no way they don't put him in it again oh yeah and they're definitely setting up the sinister six which they they made no you know bones about it in spider-man homecoming vulture made it clear he was trying to assemble the six so and uh, there you go it makes sense of why they keep putting them in there and speaking of venom sony's venom let there be carnage is projected to earn another 4.1 million over the weekend bringing the domestic total uh, accumulation to 196.6 million through today by the end of today the sequel should cross the 200 million dollar mark at the domestic box office sometime this coming week becoming only the second release to hit that landmark after Marvel's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which has $223 million. So nice. there you go, guys. How do you beat the pandemic? Marvel. Marvel, right there. Whether it's Sony or Disney, how do you beat it? Marvel. Exactly, <laughs> man. Exactly. And I mean, speaking of Marvel, Marvel characters and Marvel actors are anywhere and everywhere, including the children's animated side. Chris mm-hmm. Pratt has been set to voice the famous feline Garfield in a, <laughs> a new animated uh, feature film. Uh, Sony Pictures is on board to release Garfield's latest adventure in theaters globally. Plot details and release date will be announced at another time. But I think this is a good casting for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. I'm down with it. I'm down with did you like, Pratt as Garfield. Did you like the, um, who was it? Was it Michael Myers as Garfield? Or uh, Bill was? Murray. Bill Murray. Did Bill you Murray like those played, ones? I did. I was a huge fan of uh, Jennifer Lopez. I mean, Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I enjoyed those movies, and I thought Bill Murray was, his dry timing yeah. worked perfectly for Garfield. So, I don't know. I think Chris Pratt will be different yeah but it's animated so he should be a little different right like you know exactly i I love garfield i'm a huge fan of garfield so i'm curious to see how this is going to play out i'm excited um hey Hey. if you didn't get an opportunity to see the latest james bond flick in the theaters don't worry about it you still 
have a chance to see it. Why? Because No Time to Die, the latest entry in the James Bond series, will be available to rent for $19.99 on digital platforms in the U.S. starting on Tuesday. Wow. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. The 007 blockbuster will be available on all major platforms, including Amazon, Apple, Xfinity, DirecTV, Spectrum, and Vudu. The premium video-on-demand rental will provide viewers 48 hours access to watch the film. That's awesome. Yeah. So there you go. If you missed it, Tuesday, you can watch it. That 45-day window, man, that happens so fast. I know. <laughs> like, I know. So why not just put them in theaters exclusively? Uh, yeah. 45 days is like a blink it before really you can see it, it on the is, streamer. Man. I mean, Damn, that's crazy. I know. Well, George Clooney, he's been a busy guy recently, has been tapped to uh, uh, Cullum Turner's uh, – to star the boys in the boat for MGM and Clooney and Grant uh, Helsolf will be co-directing. The film will be a triumph underdog story of the Washington Univer- University of Washington's men's rowing team who stunned the world by winning the gold at the 1936 Berlin Olympics. Mm. Clooney has been eyeing this adaptation for some time now and came close to directing this one last year. Very interesting premise. I have no idea about this, but again, education and entertainment are the best way to learn. Well, I think this is going to be very similar to um, Miracle with mm. Kurt Russell, yeah. where the 1980 U.S. hockey team beat the vaunted Russians in yeah. an unexpected victory, much the same way, you know, with the whole world war and everything going on with that Berlin and Germany. Yeah. I think the story is going to be very similar in nature to that, how the U.S. overcomes and beats when it wasn't expected to. So, awesome. Uh, and, I mean, Clooney. I mean, yeah, if, I if mean, Clooney's involved, it's going to... It's going like, to do good. I like that he's making the transition behind the camera and directing, because I, I think he's a really solid director. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see Haley Bennett, who we all know is the Little Mermaid, coming up. She's apparently joined the cast of Till, starring mm. opposite Whoopi Goldberg, Frankie Fazan, and Jalen Hill. Now the film is currently shooting in Atlanta, and as we've told you, tells the story of Mamie Till Mobley, whose pursuit of justice for her 14-year-old son Emmett Lewis Till became a galvanizing moment that helped lead the creation of the civil rights movement. And if you don't know how that happened, it's because she demanded that he have an open casket with the pictures to be in Life magazine, and once that hit, guys, and like it just, it, there was no turning back. Yeah, there was no turning back. I think that movie is going to be just insanely awesome. It's going to be so good. I'm pumped, man. Something else we're really pumped about heading over to Lionsgate yes. and Stars. Hills has been renewed for season two over at Stars. No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Production is on the second season. We'll begin in 2022. In addition, Trey Tucker and Robbie Ramos have been promoted to series regulars for season two. Mm. Uh, Tucker stars as Bobby Penn, while Ramos stars as Diego Cottonmouth. Uh, Mike O'Malley will also return as the showrunner in addition to continuing the role of Charlie Gully. I didn't realize that he was the showrunner. Uh, what the fuck? Me what a talented either, guy. Hey. Uh, that's exciting, though. That's really exciting. And did you know, did you know, little brother there, I forget his name right now. It's just like, psh, um, he's also a country singer. He, like, just released a country, like, EP. I did not know that. Yeah. So he's a Viking. He's a wrestler, and, now, and he's a country singer. Yeah. That guy's got talent. He's got a good voice. I mean, <laughs> like, I loved him on Vikings. So when I saw that he was going to be in Heels, I'm like, okay, I'm all in. But I had no idea he could sing. Right. I loved all him right. in fucking uh, the first Hunger Games. He's such a jackass. So, so then the question would be is, are we going to eventually now see a duet 
between the wife and, and him. Right. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, that would be epic, right? Yeah. Maybe that's how the bonding starts to happen. Like, right? Exactly. Like, Especially after this hatred that they ended season one that's on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> By the way, guys, if you are not watching this show, what the fuck? It's yeah. fucking brilliant. So Do good. It. Uh, another brilliant show, uh, Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. Uh, Tracy Perez apparently has joined the cast of the show for season two in a recurring role. Perez will portray Detective Idina Foyle, Detective Burke's ex-girlfriend, who is making a comeback as her new girlfriend. Oh, oh. interesting. Oh. All right. Ex-girlfriend coming back to be the new girlfriend. Okay. Right. All right. That sounds like trouble. Man, you know. You know this <laughs> that is never one. ends good. Uh, that's one I definitely want to start soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Netflix. Uh, man, oh, man. It was a busy week for Netflix. They did a lot of things. They did. Uh, they debuted the Stranger Things Season 4 teaser in honor of Stranger Things Day, November 6th, the same day as the sci-fi drama characters Bill Byers, Noah Schnapp, uh, first went missing in Hawkins, Indiana back in 1983. That's right. And it, uh, Eleven and Will are living new lives in California where Eleven seems to be having a hard time adjusting, although she doesn't admit that when she's writing Mike, um... The teaser ends in a montage of classic Stranger Things chaos, explosion, car chases, a creepy doll, (laughs) military arrest, and more. The song A Place in California by uh, Jeremiah Burnham plays in the background as the teaser comes to a close. Netflix also confirmed that season four episodes titles, uh, they are The Hellfire Club, Mm. uh, Vecna's Curse, uh, The Monster, and The Superhero. Dear Billy, ooh, uh, the Nina Project, the Dive, the Massacre at Hawkins Lab, Papa, and the Piggyback. Mm. Very freaking interesting. Yeah, that sounds all very interesting. And yeah, I like how they did the trailer. I, I like that when she's writing the letter, she's kind of that's the voiceover of the trailer when yeah. she's writing the letter. Um, I'm always pumped for this show. It's so freaking good. And and I, I don't know how many seasons it'll last, but this could likely be the last. We all know Netflix. Yeah. Maybe season five. We don't know, but um, yeah. I'm pumped for I it. I think I remember after season three came out, they said season four but i don't know yeah we'll see yeah we'll see hey we were just talking about this last week that we were so excited to see david e kelly finally starting to make a resurgence and some shows sticking for the man right last week it was a peacock show this week it's a netflix show and you couldn't pick a better partner i mean come on regina king and david e kelly are teaming up to adapt the tom wolf novel a man in full as a netflix limited series the drama project has received a straight to series order at the streamer with netflix ordering six one-hour episodes In the series, when Atlanta real estate mogul Charlie Croker faces sudden bankruptcy, political and business interests collide Mm. as Charlie defends his empire from those attempting to capitalize on his fall from grace. Kelly will serve as writer, executive producer, and showrunner on A Man in Full. King will direct the first three episodes in addition to serving as an executive producer. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Right? I mean, a (laughs) lot of good things there, man. A lot of good things. Regina King is uh, making a lot of connections at Netflix. She is doing really well behind the camera as well, directing all kinds of stuff. Movies, TV shows, just good for her, man. Keep slaying, girl. Exactly. And uh, that latest... 
uh western with idris yeah. elba and lakeith stanfield yep. that one just dropped on netflix too so i have to watch that one oh soon. yeah definitely uh this one i'm very excited about because i think he's perfect for the character daniel day kim is joining the avatar the last and airbender live action series at netflix he will appear as the in the role of the fire lord mm. uh the character is described as the ruthlessly uh driven leader of the fire nation who deva- uh, demands everyone to live up to impossible standards especially his own teen son prince zuku now his his drive is to conquer and un a unit unite uh, the world <laughs> under a firebender rule that is uh, a family burden for his son at least and his uh, or his brother uh, he believes that it is his destiny to finish the war that was started by his ancestors and if anybody does not know the firebenders are the bad guys in yes. this whole freaking war so they've been talking about this one for a long freaking time and i'm excited that people are finally getting cast for it and the huge question is who's going to be a so I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll right, see. Right. So now I have a little trivia. It's not country music, but did you know that Mark Hamill actually voiced this character in the animated? Oh, really? Yep. Mark, because he voices every evil Everything. character everywhere, like you know. But there you go. Exactly. Just in case you didn't know. Now this is good, right? Modern Family's gone off the air. Where's poor Sophia gonna go, right? Because she's so wonderful and awesome. Well, don't worry. Sophia Vergara is set to star in Netflix's limited series about the notorious drug trafficker Griselda Blanco. Yes. Titled Griselda, the series chronicles the real life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman who created one of the most profitable drug cartels in history. A devoted mother, Blanco's lethal blend of charm and unsuspecting savagery helped her expertly navigate between family and business, leading her to become widely known as the Black Widow and the Cocaine Godmother. The show will consist of six 50-minute episodes. This is perfect casting for me. I'm so freaking excited. (laughs) Like, this is literally the only reason I still hop on Netflix for anything because they have all of my gangster drug cocaine (laughs) godmother shit, okay? And I mean, if you guys do not know, go back and watch uh, Cocaine Cowboys Part 2, and that is heavily centered around the godmother right here and how fucking crazy she was. So be sure to do that before watching this so you can get a little bit extra info before going into the series now heading over to amazon amazon prime video released its first look at Lori holden in the in her superhero suit as the crimson countess in season three of the boys and she is the character is another vault superhero who originally planned to join the seven and the heat vision and fire manipulation as her pow- are her powers. Holden will recur in the third season of the drama series. And man, oh man, do we need to catch up? We were just I talking mean, about seriously. that. We're behind. We didn't even finish season one. All the hate mail's coming now. But I'm just <laughs> saying, it, I mean, we're busy, man. We're busy. I mean, Eccles is on there, Soldier Boy. You have to catch we up. We have I to mean, catch come up. On. Come on. Hannah will apparently end with its upcoming third season at Amazon. The drama, based on the 2011 film of the same name, was renewed for season three back in July of last year. The new season is scheduled to debut on November 24th. The show originally debuted, as you guys know, in 2019, with season two dropping in 2020. It has received mostly favorable reviews from critics, with the two seasons averaging an 80% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. So, yeah. So, there Very you go. But it's ending. 
Yeah, so. you know, catch up while you can. Uh, heading over to Apple, Apple TV Plus announced a four-part docu-series about the two-time NBA Hall of Famer Irvin Mavic Johnson. Yeah. And man, oh man, I'm interested because, again, this is another former player slash player that is not with Disney. Um, coming to the streaming service at the date uh, still to be announced, the docuseries will explore Magic's uh, accomplishments on and off the court as well as his global impact through never-before-seen footage and interviews with Johnson and those in mm. his inner circle. Unnamed heavyweights in the business and politics also will appear per the streamer. So that's very freaking interesting. I'm honestly surprised. Well, I'm I mean, I'm kind of back and forth about it, I should say, that they made a Last Dance Michael Jordan documentary first before Magic Johnson. Because before there was uh, Michael Jordan, there was Magic Johnson. He was the best player of all time until Michael Jordan came along. So it's going to be very interesting to see what we see from this four-parter documentary series. Well, one thing I'd like to see, and I hope that they do dive into it, is because, you know, uh, the HIV – yeah. Uh, you know, um, his age. Yeah, yeah, he 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 was diagnosed with it, and it changed everything in the NBA about how players had to go through things and how they were dealt, and the you know you know all that kind of stuff. And of course, his diagnosis with that came out of and and the big revelation that he was not faithful to his wife. Yeah, who stood by him. Uh, through it all, and now they are, you know, mended and good and great. Um, but I, I feel like if you're going to do a docu series about them, you have to touch on those subjects. For and sure, you have to talk about it. And it says they're going to go off the court as well, so I'm hoping that's what we see. Exactly, we'll see, man. Yep. Uh, the Patricia Arquette-led Apple comedy series High Desert has added six new cast members: Matt Dillon, mm. Rupert Friend, uh, Wartura Opia, Brad Garrett, hey Bernadette Peters. And Christine Taylor will all star alongside Arquette in the half-hour series. The series follows Peggy, an addict, who decides to make a new start after the death of her beloved mother, with whom she lived in the small desert town of Yucca Valley, California. She makes a life-changing decision to become a private investigator. It was originally ordered uh, back in September of last year. Patricia Arquette as a drug addict, private investigator. Right. I'm in. <laughs> that's I'm so in. funny. I, I mean, I think that's going to be pretty funny. Exactly. And I mean, Matt Dillon and Brad Garrett right there. I, I mean, mean, come seriously. on now. Freaking Robert and um, old boy from fucking Dallas. I think yeah. that's his name from The Outsiders. So yeah. I'm excited. Uh, speaking of Daddy Levy, Eugene is set to host and executive produce a new travel series for Apple, A Reluctant Traveler. Uh, we will see Levy visit some of the world's most remarkable hotels as well as explore the people, places, and cultures that surround them. Uh, self, uh, conf- uh, self, uh, whatever, uh, not your average <laughs> travel host. He has agreed the time is not right for him to broaden his horizon. Agreed the time is right for him to broaden his horizons. Leave is, Levy will be packing his suitcase with some of, and he's hoping for some amazing experiences that might lead him down a new chapter in his life. That is that as a long as he does not have to battle his motion sickness, he still gets <laughs> dinner at seven. Uh, the new series will be produced for Apple by two, four in addition to starring Levy executive producers alongside David Brinley. Mm. So yeah, there you go. Him as a travel host. All right. You know, so w- w- Junior's cooking and Dad's traveling. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, hey. Uh, oh, okay. 
I'm not sure if we needed this, but it is that time. And she is the leading queen of It's Christmas. how she makes all her money. It's true. Mariah Carey is apparently returning for an Apple TV Christmas special for a second year in a row. On the special, entitled Mariah's Christmas, The Magic Continues, Carey is set to perform a new single, Fall in Love at Christmas, exclusively alongside Khalid and Kirk Franklin. Oh, oh. Interesting. Okay. Right. All right. So a new song, a new Christmas song. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at least it's, you know. I, okay. It's never going to be as, you know, all I want for Christmas is you. No. But I mean, that one's always going to be number yep. one. Uh, now, Roku. Roku has some stuff, and we're super excited about it because we're super fans of this show. Roku Channel unveiled a glimpse into Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas, a holiday-themed film based on the Emmy-nominated musical series on her first holiday without her dad. Zoe, who's played by Jane Levy, attempts to create a magical Christmas for her family just like the ones Mitch used to Aww. do, who is her dad. Uh, the film is also set to pick up where season two left off. And the first look, Zoe and Mo, who's played by Alex Newell, uh, hit the mall to get some goodies for their loved ones. Of course, Mo burst into elaborate rendition <laughs> of Christmas classics. It's the most wonderful time of the year that displays her true love for the holiday season. Uh, set to debut on the Roku channel December 1st. So it's extraordinary Christmas. We'll see Zoe's cast members, Mary Steenburgen, uh, Skylar Esten, uh, John Clarence Stewart, Andrew Leeds, Alice Lee, Michael Thomas Grant, Kapil Tawalker, uh, David St. Louis, Peter Gallagher, and Bernadette Peters reprise their roles from the NBC series. Uh, Choreography choreographer mandy moore who won an emmy for her work on the series will also return and zoe's extraordinary playlist became uh came to an end at nbc after two seasons with a major cliffhanger so nbc canceled the series back in june viewers can still stream the series of the dramedy starting today right now on the roku channel so be sure to do that because i have to catch up on season two okay so i am so thrilled with a couple of things there that you know obviously that it's coming really soon december 1st because i can't wait to see the whole christmas special i think it's going to be awesome and that almost the entire cast is returning so freaking fantastic i'm also glad that not only is it going to be a christmas special that it picks up the right after season two because that cliffhanger we need an answer to the cliffhanger and you're not caught up so i can't say I it can't say it. but if all you guys out there are caught up you know what i'm talking about and we need to know what happens there right we need to know i also saw that this preview on roku mm -hmm. is hands down easily by a landslide the most watched preview on roku's history nice. ever and if that is any indication, and I think once we start seeing numbers of the first two seasons playing on, I bet it gets picked up. I, I hope th so. Man. I think Roku will take it back yeah. if this movie does well and they see people watching the first two seasons just based on the response of the teaser. I think we could see it picked up for a season three. Please, Roku. Please. It would be freaking awesome. It man. would be. It really. That's would. a good way to end the industry news. It really freaking is because <laughs> it's all about Christmas, and That's all right. I want for Christmas is you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Now it is time for the top five segment. And, oh, man. Oh, man. We know you guys have your top five favorite temple franchises, the ones that 
every time they come out to the theaters, you have to go see in the theaters. Man, these are the reasons why movie chains, movie cineplexes are running so highly and sophisticated and beautifully that they are right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. They're bringing in the most money. And that's why they're called tent poles. That's right. These are the movies that are staving off the pandemic and the making the resurgence of the box office. So this was a tough one. But of course, guys, there was no way we were going to have this list and not have a couple duplicates. Yeah. Duh. I mean, but and I think we did pretty good, though. Agreed. And I mean, if you know us, you should know what either one of our one and twos are. Just saying. That's right. Just freaking saying. Uh, number five for me, it goes back to my childhood, showing my age a little bit <laughs> in a good way. Uh, um, is the Fast and Furious franchise. I stopped after Paul, um, but I do want to pick back up. But, I mean, it's just – it was one of those things where I would go with my brothers and my dad, and it was just one of those things where it was like a huge manly – a family dynamic bonding experience. And so I felt like the Fast and Furious franchise will always hold a special place in my heart, even though, you know, we talk about it all the time. And I agree that they went off the rails a little bit. But, I mean, if you go back to the first couple, they were so much about family, so much about the original topic, which was cars and racing and family so at a certain when i was younger too fast too furious was my favorite movie i used to go to the library like every week and rent one of the fast and furious movies and um i used to want to be a street racer I did. okay i mean you know i wanted uh, and i mean even when we talk about the most badass cars i still throw in that nissan gtr from <laughs> paul walker's too fast too furious so yes. that's why number five for me is the fast and furious franchise well and i agree i stopped after paul but i did catch hobbs and shaw and i thought that was yeah, really you did good. yeah I, I i thought that was a good nice little spinoff of the uh the franchise and so you know but i i like you i, I stopped and yeah that's a good one uh, let's see. My number five <laughs> had to be on here whether you like it or hate it because it gave us Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. It did. That's all I got to say about it. My number five, the franchise X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a huge fan of the first movie, although I really did think it was a solid attempt at Wolverine. I yeah. thought Hugh Jackman gave it a good effort to try to pull off. There were moments in there where I'm like, yes, this guy's got it. Obviously, Patrick Stewart nailed, yeah, you know, Professor, uh, Professor yeah. X, right? Like, um, it hits and misses on some of the other people. I wasn't too real fond of uh, of it, but um, it is what it is. Uh, much better with X two. I thought it, you know we saw a little bit more of how Wolvie could be. Um, you know, my favorite in the franchise, likely of the originals, is um, Days of Future Past. Um, the closest interpretation of where we're finally getting Wolverine in this franchise. As you can tell, Wolfie's my favorite. Um, and why I really like that one too is because in this X-Men franchise, I'm a huge fan of First Class. I thought they did a much better job with the X-Men in the First Class part yeah. of this franchise than they did in the original. Um, and so when they were able to merge the best of the original uh, with the First Class in Days of Future Past, that's why it's my favorite movie out of all of them. Um, but you know, like I said, I have ups and downs with it and there are good moments and bad moments, but part of that franchise is also Logan and Logan finally, finally gave us Wolverine, the real 
at it. That's the way he's so meant good. to be Wolverine. So it's hard not to have this on my list as one of my all-time favorite tentpole franchises just because Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Enough, Enough said. said right there, man. It is great. It really is, and especially when they started to do the – like I guess you could call them prequels. They started to do the prequel ones, and I mean yeah. those were by far my favorite, the highlights, except when you got to Apocalypse. That one was like yeah. too far. And both – both the first class and the original both fucked up the Dark Phoenix. Song. Yeah, let, yeah. I'm just waiting yeah. for Marvel, you know, MCU to, to do that one correctly. Yeah. So we'll see. That one's gonna be way down the line because <laughs> they're setting up the cosmic yeah, stuff yeah. and fucking Dark Phoenix. That's badass cosmic shit. Exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, let's get Fantastic Four right. That's first. right. So oh, that's funny. Number four for me is the John Wick franchise. Keanu Reeves is by far one of my favorite actors, and I mean, I love all the action-packed like old school kung fu references that they have for this specific franchise and i mean the first one by far the best but i mean the first one is the best in a lot of franchises so and i mean come on now his dead wife sent him a gift from beyond the grave which is a beautiful lovely dog and then motherfuckers come in and kill that dog no wonder (laughs) this is gonna start a rampage of situations like so i mean yes john wick one of the most badass hitman movies that I've ever freaking seen. So that's why it is on my list. And spawning off uh, spinoffs. Yes. Ballerina coming. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm excited for that one too. Exactly. All right. My number four, not on his list as we learned last week. Well, like, what the fuck? But, um, um, Indiana Jones. No. <laughs> Indiana Jones. My man. Raiders of the Lost Ark. How can you not love this franchise? It's got everything. It's got love stories. It's got drama. It's got action. It's suspense. It's comedy. It's everything. It's George Lucas. It's Steven Spielberg. It's Harrison Ford. Fucking throw in Sean Connery and I don't understand. Karen Allen. Right. Just like, I don't understand how you cannot love this franchise. Now, much like what you were saying with Fast and the Furious, have they gone off the rails a little bit? Yes. The Weird. last one was Shia LaBeouf and everything. Um, and I love Shia LaBeouf. And uh, uh, should we be getting this new one that they're doing now? Not so sure. Um, you know, they maybe should have ended this one already. I'm just going to be honest about it. But it still holds a near and dear place in my heart. It's it's just from my childhood. And, and I really, really love it. The Indiana Jones franchise. I just, I, I love it. It's so good. It's so freaking bad. <laughs> it's just good. Saying, just saying. Uh, number three for me, you guys should know. It is the one, the only. Okay, let's stop before I get we get demonetized. Uh, Harry Potter. That's right, guys. That's what that little snippet was. But we love it. I'm so glad you finally started the first one. Yeah. Little Cam just ended the whole franchise. No, I'm on the second one. Yeah. I started watching the second there one. There we go. Yeah. There we go. And I'm excited to hear that they might be coming back with the with the storyline where they're at their current ages because mm-hmm. that would be pumped yeah. too. I know. I'm so freaking pumped. This is a huge franchise, guys. And I mean, with eight films out, of course. Course, there's going to be some amazing ones there's going to be some eh ones and there's going to be the ones but i mean there's only like one like eh, one that in my opinion but by far for me is the third one so you're right there but chamber of secrets the one you're on right now is also up there for me as well so that's why 
Harry Potter is on my list, and it tells a story of friendship and connectability, especially when you don't have that lovely family background. But you can find family in people who are not blood-related. So I think that's why Harry Potter is so important to me. And I love all the ghouls, goblin, wizard, wizards, all that good shit. So, yes, number three for me, Harry Potter. There you go. Can't argue with any of that. And I I am glad I started it because I am enjoying them. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. Uh, okay, my next two, number three and number two, are the the age old battle of the battle of the stars. Are you wars or trek? I could have really flip flopped these either way. I think either one fits at number three or number two. They're they're basically the same for me uh, as far as my love for them. But I'm gonna go with this number three, Star Trek. I fucking love every. I didn't I didn't hate any of the Star Trek movies. Like none of them. Um. I think they're one of the rare franchises, other than my number one, uh, one of the rare franchises where literally every movie got better than the last one, um, which is rare in, in these type things. You know, normally you come out of the gate and they, they tend to fail off like we were just talking about. You know, they go too long. But with Star Trek, they have successfully been able to to better up. Each time, I mean, Wrath of Khan, it's like, how do you get better than Wrath of Khan? You know, the second in the series, but Search for Spock did it. And then when they come home with the whales and the comedy and all that kind of stuff, the undiscovered country. And when they finally started playing that out, what do you do? You jump to the next generation, which was hugely successful. And they integrated them into the movie franchise and then had a huge run with the next generation of movies, which didn't skip a beat, which were all fantastic. They merged the old with the new. What do you do when that kind of plays out? Where do you go? You reinvent the original, which not not necessarily reinvent, but they came up with a way to do a parallel universe where it's a different Kirk. And they took the originals and kind of like they both coexist. And I thought did a really good job with that one and that series of movies each one got progressively better. So I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I'm a huge fan of the, the the original series, the movies that spawned all from it, and then obviously all the spin-off series that which also spun the movies. Um I just I think that it's a it's a really if there's anything even close to what Marvel has been able to do, I feel like it's the Star Wars fran I mean the um Star Trek franchise, where it's been able to span multiple different universes of iterations of these characters over a period of time. Yeah. So uh Star Trek, my number three. That is definitely one that I'm behind on and I don't even really know where to start. Do I have to watch the shows to watch the movies? No. They do a really good job of just explaining and setting all that up. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, you should definitely watch them though because yeah. they're outstanding and they, they really do tell a great progression of story for these characters. For sure, man. For sure. Well, my number two goes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Of course this was going to be on both of our list. I mean, come <laughs> on now. This one, I mean, and continue used to show why it's one of the greatest franchises in history to be honest with you i mean i i would even put it above james bond right now oh I, without doubt i mean they're so fucking good they're more than just that action comedy that we were talking about in the beginning of the show they give you such depth and emotions that 
will make you laugh, will make you cry, will make you angry, will make you confused, like the end of Infinity War, like, did they just fucking lose? Like, it's so damn good. You even get connected to these characters that you just get introduced to. Like in Eternals, you get connected to these characters and why they're doing the things they're doing, and you can, they make it, like, even though obviously it comes from source material and comic books, but they make it so down to earth and so relatable that basically anyone really can watch these films and love them, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah. There it is. Yep, there it is. Uh, my number two, Star Wars. Yes. I mean, you know, a galaxy far, far away. Um I mean, this is from childhood all the way up through adulthood. Uh, it, it spanned my entire life, basically, um, and and it's it's the epitome of you know uh, the master blend by George Lucas of western and 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 religion and samurai philosophy and like all these different things. Um, now, granted, you know this one kind of fell second for me because like Star Trek only focuses on kind of one thing, right? Like, like, which is for Star Trek, it was the Federation and this group of characters throughout the Federation. And for Star Wars up until now, up until now was the Skywalker saga, the Skywalker family. And so that's why I had to put it at number two right now, but brilliantly done. Um, and I'm hoping that we see an emergence of these tentpole franchises into the world that's now being created on Disney+. Plus. I hope that we do see that move into the movies because then I think we can expand that franchise beyond the Skywalker, you know. They started, they hinted at it with Rogue One. Uh-huh. and um, But I hope we see more of that because I think it's a brilliant weaving of characters and stories and and much like you were saying with with your number two is you get connected to these characters you get connected to the storyline and what's going to happen to them and where they're going and how it all plays out and it's just brilliantly done um space opera if you will like literally and i just uh, yeah it's hard not to have this one on the list um because it's it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I know, right? It's Lucas's brainchild, and what they've been able to spawn out of that is just incredible. Agreed, man. Agreed. I mean, we should all just say it. My number one is Star Wars, and I mean, I'm excited for this next phase because you're right. It has only been about Star or the Skywalker family, and I just want more stories about different Jedi's. There's exactly. so many different Jedi's out there. That's why I'm so excited for Obi Wan, one of the most beloved Jedi's in the whole franchise. And Ahsoka that everybody just loved from the Clone Wars that they're finally bringing to the live-action forefront. Thank you, Dave Filoni, because John Favreau and Dave Filoni, I mean, let's just say it. John Favreau, man, this guy is so fucking brilliant, and every damn near everything he touches like turns to a masterpiece. This guy is so able to reinvent franchises to what Marvel once was before Iron Man one i mean you know they had some good some good stuff i mean you know i mean the first spider-man the second spider-man was really good too um and some of the x-men stuff and you know some of the tv shows and all that good stuff but once iron man one hit the world changed and once mandalorian hit 
the world of Star Wars changed. So I we are so thankful for him. I'm just saying. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this guy is a master, and I look forward to seeing what he does, him and Dave continue to do with the Star Wars franchise. And let's not forget that other guy, that Kevin Feige guy, that Kevin is also Feige coming guy. into the Star Wars as well, uh, universe as well, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Right, like what is this movie about? <laughs> um, but speaking of uh, Favreau and Feige, my number one, Obviously, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and in my opinion, unmatched. It's the the reason it's number one for me is because it's never been done before. Unlike Star Wars and Star Trek, the MCU was able to take unconnected characters, unrelated characters in this world of, and put bring them all together in this decades long story of interweaving these characters and their backgrounds and their histories into this giant universe of where we're just now starting to open up even more areas of the universe. It's never been done before. It's And everybody who's tried since has failed miserably at trying to match the success that the MCU has had and the universe building, if you will, that, the, that, that Kevin Feige and Jon Favreau were able to accomplish. Um, and I say that because... Kevin Feige and John Favreau are, are, in my opinion, the godfathers of. If Favreau doesn't insist on Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Iron Man 1 doesn't work. And if Iron Man 1 doesn't work, there is no MCU. So you can't not credit Favreau for the birth of the MCU because without him it wouldn't exist. And then Feige was able to capitalize on and take forward everything that Favreau had insisted on building at that point and turned it into what we know now um it's unmatched uh, again it's it, and i don't think in my opinion will ever be matched i don't think you will ever be able to recreate what marvel has done with the marvel cinematic universe um and i'm excited as hell to see where it goes from here i just don't i don't know but i do know that it's in right hands and that they're behind it and it's going to be successful no matter what agree so um yeah that's my number one the marvel cinematic universe and again thank you john favreau <laughs> yeah exactly man exactly and like we said we know that you have your favorite Tim Pole franchise let us know be sure to add us on twitter drop it in the comment section we just love the fan interaction and we love having conversations about this stuff yes now Heading over to the box office recap, uh, well, last week, Dune still came in at number one with $15.4 million. Number two was Halloween Kills with 80, or 80, $8.7 million. Number three was No Time to uh, Die uh, with $7.8 million. Number four was My Hero Academia, The World's Heroes Mission uh, with $6.4 million. And number five was Venom Let There Be Carnage with $5.8 million. <laughs> no Time to Die and uh, Halloween Kills. I'm surprised they're still bringing that much, especially Halloween Kills because it was also same-day release. So Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think Halloween Kills probably saw a little resurgence on Halloween yeah, weekend. Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe. That's why. That's, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, new movies coming out this week are The Eternals, obviously. Spencer, 
obviously, and uh, Dangerous. So be sure to check that out. And Finch is out right now on Apple TV+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of good things that you can be watching and or streaming. All the good stuff. Movies you can still go see. Last Night in Soho. That's definitely one I still want to go see. Yes. And The French Dispatch. Another one that's on my list. The Addams Family. Ron's Gone Wrong. And Antlers. Yes. So get out to your local theaters and support the cause, man. We love it. We love it. Heading over to the box office. Or, uh, IMDB Pro. Top <laughs> trending segment. Uh, Dune is still number one this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if Eternals takes that spot for next week. Yep. Uh, top trending TV show is You, which is not surprising because everybody's freaking talking about that one. And top trending star is Rebecca Ferguson. Obviously because so. of Dune. So yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, guys, it's been an amazing show. We got to thank you again for getting crazy with us on episode 180 this Sunday morning. We appreciate it. Be sure to follow the company and the podcast on social media. My so are the <laughs> ItCap podcast and Crazy Ant Media on all social media platforms. And you know you can follow us both personally on social media. Myself at Fantastic and at Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right, man. That's right. And you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeart Radio, Podbean, Stitcher, so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, you can see our faces again. You can see our lovely faces again. Uh, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications that we have coming out of the Crazy Ant Media YouTube channel. And be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts, we got hats, we got Christmas merch on the way. We got all the beautiful things, man. And I mean, November is a great time for promotional sales on the Crazy Ant website. Yes. So be sure to be following us so you can know about the sales to purchase some crazy ass gear. 20% off right now. Right now. Right now. Man, oh man. But it was a great show. I really enjoyed talking about the Eternals because it has been getting a lot of flack. And finally, we were able to see it and see that... It's good, man. I mean, a lot of people were worried about this one, but I mean, it performed at the box office, though not as well as others that have been introduced before. Um, it was still really good. It's a great MCU movie, so get out to your local theater and watch that one. Absolutely, man. Let's give it some love, okay? Let's give it some love. Exactly. Uh, definitely, that was one of my favorite parts as well. I always enjoy talking about that. Uh, Donovan coming for Law and Order. Yeah. Super pumped about that one. Uh, how can you not be Boba Fett? There, there, it's so many good things that we talked about this week. It's kind of hard to pick up like an absolute favorite. Exactly. But, um, and the I'm top five. Pumped. The top five was great to talk about. Like our most beloved franchises. I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I, even more opportunity to talk about all the geek stuff. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. You guys know what it is. We love everything, and you guys know we love the one, the only. Oprah. Oprah!